Under NASA's Artemis program, Dynetics and Lidos will develop and build a new human landing system, advancing economic opportunities and paving the way for a sustained lunar economy. Learn more at DyneticsHLS.com. And we're back. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 45, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. And we back. It's been a long time. We've been gone for about a month and uh, touring the great continent of Europe and its subsidiaries. Uh, but thank you guys for listening and support. If you've never listened to a show before, it's very simple. We talk about the nerdy news, the pop culture, the movies, the television, the sports, the video games, yada, yada, yada. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter, and sitting to my left is John Swansong Parker. Hello, Radiovania. It's good to be back. Yeah? You're wearing the, you're rocking the reds. I am, because I spilled water on my magic shirt. Otherwise, I'd be wearing the Orlando magic shirt today. Yeah. Do you have a set shirt? We're about to do a barbecue tonight with all yeah. of our friends. Do you have a, like a barbecue shirt that you wear? I know some people do that. Um, no, but maybe I should pick one. Yeah, I'll think about it. All right, do some thinking. We'll think about that. I will. Yeah, we'll come. But uh, how how was Europe? Had you you enjoyed your time over there? I did. Yeah, I went over there with my friends, Um, me included. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. You were there. Um, We had a good time though. It was. I left a little bit earlier than you guys, so you stayed the full month, but I was there for about two two and a half weeks. Um, But yeah, it was a great time. What was your favorite thing? Ooh, I like Rome and Prague a lot. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Those are probably the two highlight cities for me, but. There's so many little things that just kind of make it up. Like, I also really like Notre Dame and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So, mm. Yeah, we got to see a lot of cool stuff over there. And uh, maybe that'll come up. Maybe not. We'll see. But to my right, you've heard him before, ladies and gentlemen. You love him. You adore him. You've been clamoring. You've been tweeting the account, telling him to come back. It's Austin James. How's it going, guys? <laughs> Thanks, Zach and John, for having me back on Radiovania. Uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to be back. I really enjoy it. So this is your hat trick Radiovania yeah, show. This, this is your third time. Correct? This is my third, third time's the charm. Third maybe. time's the charm. Maybe maybe you know, big things will happen. We'll see. This is the one that launches the career. There we go. Yep. And uh, do you have a Twitter? Is you do? Is there anything you want to be found at? Yeah, at Austin Thirteen James. There okay. we go. No underscores or anything like that. No underscores. All original. Cool. Why, why the number thirteen? Uh, it's a long story. Okay. But it's, it's an unlucky it, number, right? It's very lucky to me though. Oh. So. Okay. I'm glad it's unlucky for everybody else because it's lucky to me, so it makes it unique. That's good. I like that. You heard it here. Uh, so yeah, you've heard Austin on the show before, but he's here to interject and help us out with dealing with the news, and uh, we're going to probably split this show into two parts. Uh, we're not exactly sure how we're going to do it yet, but we'll go as the flow determines, and uh, you know, we'll see where the night takes us. But uh, sipping on some truth here, some Rheingeist truth, at Rheingeist on Twitter. Uh, you know, Go follow them, give them a like. But uh, to start the show out... We're going to start out on a bit of a downer, because while we were gone in Europe, a lot of news happened. A lot. All the news, actually. Basically, every yeah. big piece of news in the month of May and June happened while we were gone, and there was nothing... We didn't bring any audio recording equipment. We had really no way to broadcast anything. Um, we flirted around with doing it on mobile, but that would have just been terrible quality-wise, so... Right. But let's start off with, I think, the biggest piece of news, which is that uh, Adam West uh, passed away. Um, he earned a place in American pop culture history. This comes from Reuters with his campy portrayal of the title character in the classic 1960s TV series, Batman. Uh, he died at the age of 88. His family made a statement on Saturday. Um, quote, he was the greatest. We'll miss him like crazy. His family said on the actress Twitter page, 
Uh, he's done voice acting in dozens of shows, guest family appearances, guy. cameos. Yeah, Family Guy. Um, but this was a this was definitely a shock. I didn't really. I didn't really know that he was struggling with leukemia. Yeah, um, neither did I. So either they kept that under wraps, or I was just ignorant of it. But yeah, it's it, it was sad. I was I was out doing some work in the yard the other day, and my dad texted me and said that it like had just happened, and you know there was buzz on Twitter about it and stuff. But it's it's sad as he's quite the icon. So. For sure, and uh, you know a, a lot of people, you know, obviously the most he'll be remembered most for. Batman, but was there anything else th- from your childhood that he stuck out with for you, or was Batman the number one? Probably? He was my he was my second exposure on screen to the Batman character. Kevin Conroy's uh, animated series was my first, but I remember watching reruns of um, the Adam West Batman show, and you know him and Burt Ward running around, yeah. socking people, and the big words pop Ow. up on the screen. Pow! Uh, I love the. Um, some people don't, but I like the movie that they made based off of the show where they have, you know, the four villains and that's the one with the shark repellent bat spray and him carrying that giant bomb over his head and he can't find, sometimes you just can't find a place to get rid of a bomb. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he'll always be Batman to me, but I have a lot of good memories of watching him on Family Guy too. With yeah. The voice acting that he did for that. And it's actually a shame because they just did an animated feature of him and Burt Ward as reprising their roles of Batman and Robin in a cartoon, and they were set up to do a sequel with William Shatner as Two-Face. Ah. Um, and I'm not entirely sure how far into production they got before he passed, so I don't know if we'll ever get that sequel or not. Uh, I remember see, the the animated se- the animated movie is already out, right? Yes, the first Return one? of the Cape Crusader. I think there might have been... Let me check on that really quick, because yeah. um, I think they might have announced that there was... Uh, his voice work was finished. That's what I mean. It, I figured they would probably already have most of it done considering that they announced that a long time ago but I just uh, I wasn't entirely sure but what about you Austin do you ever have any exposure to Mr. Adam West in your lifetime uh, you know pretty much just hitting on the same things as you uh, I think it was pretty iconic the uh, the pow as they were sucking people in the face that's something I really remember I mean you know being born in 95 that's you know a little bit before my time but I still remember as a as a young one seeing that and that's just something that's very vivid in my it aired on tv land right wasn't that the we saw it on tv yeah land that's because where tv land brought it back into syndication yeah and that's how we watched the reruns i remember it would be on after stooges i think yeah i think i would watch stooges in the morning and then it would come on uh according to sci-fi wire or it says um last fall we announced william shatner would portray the twisted um District Attorney Harvey Dent in the sequel to 2016's Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Certainly no one expected that eight months later the legendary Adam West would no longer be with us, calling into question his involvement with Batman vs. Two-Face, but never fear, West lovers, as Warner Brothers has just confirmed that the charismatic gentleman from Walla Walla, Washington, did indeed complete his vocal work on the cartoon. So that'll be bittersweet to watch that, and I'm I'm looking forward to checking that out when that does air eventually. I've actually met Adam West before too. Really? Uh, yeah, I met him. I yeah, I met him and Burt Ward at the same Comic Con in Columbus a couple years ago. Did you pay uh, for a signing, or did were they? I just went to the panel and then I paid for a signing, so I got to shake his hand and talk to him when he was signing the photo. I have a picture with both of them on it that they've both signed. Cool. Uh, they were sitting next to each other and they just chat to each other and throw like 
you know, throw shade at the other one and stuff like that. Like, oh, you don't want his signature. He's just a sidekick, you know, stuff like that. But he was a very nice guy. How many years ago was this when you met him? Uh, it's probably like right when I moved to Ohio. So maybe like six years ago. Okay. Well, that is sad. And we're going to keep it going. One more sad piece of news that I can't speak much on, but I do want to hear John Parker's thoughts on it is, uh, uh, Sir Roger Moore also passed away while we were in Europe. And, uh, there was a statement. It says, uh, with a heavy heart, we must announce our loving father. Sir Roger Moore has passed away today in Switzerland after a short but brave battle with cancer. The love with which he is, was surrounded in his final days was so great, it cannot be quantified in words alone. Um, there is a full statement that you can go read by his children um, and family. But um, James Bond, this was the, which number Bond was he? He was the technically the third technically the Bond. Third. Yeah, because okay. you have Sean Connery and then George Lazenby for that one film that he was in and then Roger Moore took over and had the most lengthy run of any of the Bonds with seven films that he was in which is big big bucket away and he was in there from like 70 to the end of the 80s so like almost like almost kind of as long as Hugh Jackman with Wolverine yeah well uh, the uh, the Roger Moore uh, I never saw any of the Roger Moore Bond movies until you turned me on to Goldeneye obviously and uh What's the other one that you let me? I can't remember the name. Well, Goldeneye was Brosnan. Brosnan. Okay, yeah. so then what was the Roger Moore one you let uh, me? I can't remember. His Probably the most well-known one is his first one, which was Live and Let Die, and which let is die. the one in New Orleans. Okay. Um, that's a really good one. The Man with the Golden Gun, uh, also a classic. Spy Who Loved Me, which a lot of Austin Powers is based off of. Most of the Austin Powers movies are based off of the Roger Moore Bond because the Roger Moore Bond was already campy enough as it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching Bond movies for almost half my lifetime now. And, yeah. you know, he's always been there and he's, he's definitely the funniest of the Bonds. He was the most lighthearted, uh, definitely the least violent. I think Daniel Craig takes the cake for that one. Um, oh, for sure. But yeah, I mean, Roger Moore was just always just so witty and just really, really funny. And he always made like the best faces and one liners and stuff like that. And it's really sad to hear his passing, but he, uh, he had a good life. Um, he was very... From what I've read, he's very active in charity work around the world as well as like animal protection around the world and stuff. Okay. So he was very active until his passing. Good. Well, we got the sad news out of the way, but regardless, we're going to crack one open here. Or I'm going to crack one open. You want one, another round for Austin James? You can You can hand me one of what mine if you want. Can I, I drink one of those? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Pure Fury. Pure Fury. That sounds pretty exciting, right? Okay. Yeah, no, Pure Fur Fury from Ryan Geist. But anyways, here's to Adam West and Roger Moore. Very talented. Yep. And, uh, you know, we cherish their work for years to come. Mm-hmm. And now let's get on to the news. You ready to interject, Austin? Yeah, let's, let's, let's have about it. <laughs> so we just got out of seeing Wonder Woman. Anyone going to sing it? No? All right, yeah. So Wonder Woman came out on, what day was it? It was like... June 2nd. June 2nd. And we were in, we were about to go to London, right? No, we were in, the, in we London. Were, we were already in London when the movie came out. Yep. Um, and uh, to my surprise, the movie currently sits at, I believe, a 92? I think it's 92 or 93. On Rotten Tomatoes? We'll check here, but... Uh, certified? Certified fresh. And uh, 
yeah, so it was getting really high reviews, 92% right now, with 58.6 million in the box office currently. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Wonder Woman. I want to talk about the ins and the outs. John Parker has seen it three times now, so I want to get his synopses of his opinions on the film before we jump in and interject. But what's the first thing that you, uh, what's, what do you, what, Wonder Woman review in one like one one or two sentences um one of the most rewatchable superhero films of the past decade uh if not the past two decades there you go two sentences okay um i put this in the same type of bucket that i put spider-man 2 and the original superman and you know the dark knight and you know, all these movies that I've rewatched multiple times over the years are paid to go see multiple times in the theaters. It's just such an enjoyable film. It's a breath of fresh air. It's not, you know, rehashing kind of the same old stuff, but the stuff that they do that are that's the same old stuff they do in a new light, which is really nice. Um, I think everybody who was acting in the movie really brought it and they really brought these characters to life. And you can see that this movie has like heart and emotion and history and great action sequences and love and all this other stuff that the DC movies up to this point, you know, regardless of how much we might like man of steel have not necessarily had in as much as this movie has. I think Patty Jenkins crushed it as a director. If they don't get her back for the sequel, I'm going to be really upset. Yeah. That's they'd be foolish. Yeah. They're got to be cutting that deal right now. As we speak, there's no way that Wonder brothers is going to let her go. And we were talking in the car on the way back about how the studio wanted to cut the, uh, no Man's Land sequence, which is arguably the best moment in the entire movie. It is the pivotal point of the movie. Yeah, so yeah, you don't have a you don't have a story without that part. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see if they aren't able to cut a deal with Patty Jenkins. That would be a huge loss for DC, especially after getting a win like this. Yeah. So, and I think I think it's very rare that an actor embodies a character so much. You know, when you think about it, Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Christopher Reeves is Superman, and I think Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman. Like I think totally. I, yeah. I like Linda Carter a lot, and that that show is really classic and stuff. But she just made you believe in Wonder Woman and believe in her as that character the entire time. Yeah. Just like it's a very natural portrayal. Yeah, even without even without the dialogue, just like the way that she's just walking around and the body language and the faces that she makes, it just you can you can read the character. Yeah, I think you know hitting on the the faces that she makes. That there was a. There was a few moments within the film that that she would like the facial expressions were saying more than the actual words of the film, which is something not many actors and actresses can really do. Um, and it spoke a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, we're not gonna get started with her. But uh, <laughs> if you, you know, shout out to a couple episodes ago that I was on, I spoke lots about her. Yeah, I was but, making a side comment about X Men Apocalypse. But anyway, get back on. Yeah, on like she, like there's a difference between portraying a character that people love with wooden sort of charisma, and, and then fire. Gal Gadot kind of just oozes charisma. Mm-hmm. You know, she's one of those people that just is very likable. Yeah, I guess we should probably go ahead and do a uh, a teaser alert, right? Teaser alert or spoiler alert? Spoiler alert, excuse me. Yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, you might want to steer clear for a few minutes. This is the third week it's been out, though. Yeah, it's been out for a while. So if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. But we're going to spoil maybe a few things we don't need to talk about. Spoiler alert, she wins. Yeah, seriously, Wonder Woman, she's alive in BBS, so that's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Austin, a couple sentences. What did you think about the movie? You know, as 
As a person who's not necessarily a regular moviegoer, not quite as much as you guys are, um, you know, I can't speak as a as a veteran of movies. But as a non-veteran, I was intrigued the whole movie. I was, you know, my eyes couldn't leave the screen. And, um, you know, I think that, as I said earlier, just the, the expressions that she were, was making were just as good as the spoken words of the film. But also, I think it's really important to um, point out what the actual movie was like kind of justifying. It's the battle of, of love versus, you know, evil. It's not really good versus evil. It's more love. Like, that was obviously what Wonder Woman is very um, keen on. And, um, you know, I don't know. It was, it it was, was a powerful message. It was a very powerful message at the end. Hidden within it, which I, I really like. I get a really... Like, I, I'm a pretty emotional person to begin with anyway, we all know. Um, but, like, there are parts of this movie that still make the hair on the back of my neck stand up or that make my eyes water and stuff like that. Like, the no man sequence and yeah, the- her training at the beginning with all the Amazons and, like, things that we've always wanted to see, you know, as a DC Comics fan and, like, things that you didn't even think you needed in a movie in this day and age that are in this movie and deliver such a powerful message that hits you back every time. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this movie was... I loved it, first of all. I mean, I think I think it was a fantastic movie. Uh, DC's best movie, I think. I think Man of Steel, I like better... I like it in different ways. Man of Steel has a really big scope, and I think that's why I like it, because it's soaring and epic, and it takes different time periods, and it's really complex, and I really like that about movies. This is a really straightforward narrative. It goes from point A to point B, and it gets you there, like, in, an, in two hours, you know? But what I liked about this movie, what I appreciated in terms of what DC hasn't been doing recently, is... This movie did a lot of almosts where it almost was too preachy or it was almost too emotional or it was almost too uh, narrative focused or it was, you know, like people could have ragged on it for being like, oh, it was too slow. There wasn't enough action. But then they, w- they would hit you with enough action that you'd be satisfied. Or they could say like, oh, it's too preachy. But then they would come back with a little bit more action, a little bit more interesting narrative that would like push that back a little bit more. And so... It's literally like they were making you go like, oh no, are they going to do a DC? And then they don't do a DC. And they kind of just like retrace their steps a little bit every single time. So I really, I really appreciate like when company, not when companies, but when creators can kind of understand what the audience is sort of leaning towards and movies change over the years. It's obvious, but you know, people are obviously looking at these superhero movies and saying like, we want less of this. We want more of this. And they, people have looked at DC and said, you know, we want less action figures banging against each other and we want a little bit more personal touch, a little bit more heart. Yeah. And Wonder Woman is like, Diana is a complex character at the same time, but she's also very simple. And like the way that they deal with the whole fish out of water is like, it's like, it's all, it's like, it's It's adorable. It's adorable. yeah. Yeah. And it's, they do the Captain America thing. Like first event, like, you know, when Captain America is introduced into the new world after being frozen in Marvel spoilers or whatever, but like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like they kind of deal with that, but then they kind of just push it away. But it's really a narrative focal point of the entire Wonder Woman movie that she feels like a fish out of water in terms of understanding culture and fashion. And yeah, yeah, and she totally does not care. And that, and that never stops her. And like, she's still, she just, over the time she kind of just accepts it, but she still doesn't care. I mean, she's still going to take a sword to a party. Yeah. Like it's really cool what they were able to accomplish with this. And like you said, I think, 
it would be they would be fools to let Patty Jenkins slip away because she obviously brought something really special to the table. Yeah, and I think the casting they nailed on the head. I mean, the relationship with Diana and Steve Trevor yeah. is amazing. Yeah, Chris Pine really brings it a lot in this movie too. I keep going back and watching, and he still makes me laugh. Talk about a charismatic like guy. What too. a charming fellow. Yeah, you he's know? charming. Um, and then like even some of the people that have smaller roles, like Robin Wright, is in the movie. You know, spoilers for a couple of minutes at the beginning, but she really just brings it. You know, she brings the gravitas and you know, uh, Connie Nielsen, who plays her mother, and Aries, and yeah. you know, even the the lesser tiered villains that they have in the movie. Like everybody brought it, and they yeah. really are all unique, but they all are so cohesive together too, which yeah. is awesome. And uh, you know, things I was worried about from the trailer, I was worried about like the punchlines all kind of being ruined, and the two the two. The 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 fisticuffs thing with the the secretary and then the yeah it's not for everyone about London yeah like those didn't really hit as 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 good as I wanted them to because of the trailer but plenty of punchlines and like good humorous moments were saved throughout the whole movie oh yeah I really appreciate that that they and uh, again spoilers but the fact that the trailers didn't reveal anything about Ares I thought was really spectacular on their part for saving that for the yep. movie even though I knew that it was gonna be that guy David Thewlis yeah I knew that it was going to be Lupin but uh, it was still like handled well Mm -hmm. like I can see how that would have been very surprising for people that didn't really know but just because I'm up on casting yeah so is uh, is Ares your favorite DC extended universe villain to this date or do you like Zod I like Zod better I think uh, I like that you get to see a little bit more of his backstory, and it was interesting seeing the Ares backstory told in like the the like the Renaissance sort of painting mm-hmm. vibe, which is cool. But um, I can empathize with Zod a little bit better than I can with Ares, just yeah, because he's of a god. Yeah, yeah, because Ares is a god, and it's a little bit he has a little bit more unrealistic, and and all of his lines are like, "Then I will <laughs> kill you," you know. It's like, yeah. but at least Zod kind of has like a dialogue, a little bit more of like a human approach to him so yeah. but I don't know also I like Michael Shannon a lot yeah he's great what do you think about Ares well the villain know, of the movie I really I really did like Ares as a villain um, I thought it was interesting how he was trying to like turn Wonder Woman almost um, it it's wasn't like so much thing. through it, it was almost not even like through action it was more through the words he was speaking speaking he was trying to like convince her and it was it was like a Jedi kind of feeling it wasn't necessarily through action it was more through words yeah which I thought was a really interesting dynamic that they added um so definitely definitely enjoyed that part of the movie Mm -hmm. but um something that I was going to mention is you know a lot of times when I'm watching like a Thor movie or a lot of these other um you know action themed comic movies it's all very one-sided maybe it's all action or there's too much love scene or it's all like you know, Robert Downey Jr. trying to be funny or like all these different things. I mean, and I, th- yeah, you know, I thought that I thought that this movie really encompassed a lot of great comic um, pieces. You know, the, hum- you know, the comic relief through humor was there. The love story was there. The action scenes were there and they were all a part of a part at different times, which I thought was really unique that they could do that in such a well, well thought out manner. Um, yeah. That's something that I think has been missing from um, comic-themed movies for a while, and I think that they did the best job at it. Because, you know, a lot of times, especially with, like, love scenes and comic action movies, um, they can either be really uncomfortable, (laughs) they can be way too long, or they just take away from the true heart of the story. And I thought that the, 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 the dynamic between the two in this movie in particular 
was incredible. It wasn't uncomfortable. And, you know, the good guy doesn't always make it, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, anyone that goes into this movie thinking that Steve Trevor had a chance is fooling themselves, too. Also, I was like, I was waiting for how they were going to do it. And as soon as they got to the scene with the plane, I was like, oh, okay. This is, I mean, like, I really appreciated how they were able to kind of keep you guessing the entire way through. Uh, and I didn't expect the rest of the squad to be alive. I thought for sure they were going to get gunned down and it was going to be Wonder Woman who was left alone. And that way the photo would kind of make even more of an emotional mm-hmm. part in yeah. her like whole thing. But um, another thing I want to bring up, uh, first off, I'll save it, but the action. How do we feel about the action sequences? and like how do we? Because it was directed definitely different than any of the DC movies we've seen so far. It's a little bit more slow-paced. You kind of get a wider you aspect ratio. You can see ratio. what's going on. Yeah, I enjoy that. Nice. I don't um, like getting sucker punched with action. I really enjoy like getting to settle down in kind of the highs and the lows, the troughs and the, the ups, you know. I really enjoy that. It kind of like sets the tone and it, it really changes the pace for me, which is something I really enjoy in movies because I don't like to constantly like having to feel that adrenaline rush that I feel on a lot of action movies. Yeah. yeah. And I like the, the Batman warehouse scene a lot in BVS. You can tell a lot of this was kind of inspired by that. That No Man Land sequence starting from, you know, in the trenches all through the town is the best action sequence that they have in their DC, you know, portfolio to date right now. It's just so compelling and it's filmed really well and you can see what's going on and just like the angles that she gets are really great. And I even like the stuff with like the mascara with the Amazons on the beach versus the Germans, like all the slow-mo that they do. I really enjoyed the slow-mo. Yeah, it's really cool. It's kind of 300-y, but not Zack Snyder 300-y. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not overused either. Like I never got the sense that the slow-mo was overused and it was there a lot. I mean, it's very prevalent. It's very, very prevalent. But Just it's so you can it, see how cool it is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you want to, too. That's, yeah. like, the thing. It's, like, I, I hate it when action movies... The example for me is Taken 3. Did you guys see Taken 3? Yeah, I'm not. Okay, so, like, the action in that movie is dog trash. Shaky cam? Yeah, because shaky cam. And it's, like, it's like to, to make a punch seem more realistic, obviously the way to do it is by <laughs> jostling the camera to make sure that <laughs> the, uh, the audience member feels like they're being punched, too. And it's, like... No, I like it when action is a little more pulled back. That's why, like, John Wick is really cool because you get to see action sequences like in this big scope. That's why, like, I think Scott Pilgrim is really cool too because even the fight scenes in that are, like, filmed in a really interesting sort of, like, flashy dynamic. And Wonder Woman does that in spades too, which I really appreciated. Yeah, I don't think that you ever necessarily feel in the action. It's very much a third-party feel. You're outside of the action, which is cool. You get to, I think you get to see a lot more of what the movie has to offer. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts, closing thoughts? Oh, the other thing I was going to say is, uh, this is like, aside from the Bruce Wayne thing at the beginning and the end, where she's on the email with him and the, she gets the package, This is is this not the only DCEU movie so far that hasn't had, like, direct ties to any other film? Man of Steel. Man of Steel? Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I guess it's just refreshing to see that again. It is. Yeah. So It's nice. I mean, this could, if the DCEU tanks, this movie could stand on its own and, and I'll still enjoy be good, it for the yeah. rest of time. Yeah. For sure. Because we don't have to know anything. All we know is that Wayne Enterprises is a thing and she works yeah. at the loop. Like it doesn't, and Ben Affleck yeah. doesn't show up in it. So like it could be Michael Keaton's Batman that's sending her that picture and stuff, you know? Sure. It's really cool. Yeah. So I really appreciate that about it too. And maybe Patty Jenkins kind of saw a little bit of that coming think, as well. I think so. she did as well. So yeah. yeah be I think the years. most, one of the, one of my favorite quotes uh, before this movie came out was that she said that she one of her favorite movie going experiences from a childhood was seeing Superman the movie in 1978 with Christopher Reeves you know with the tagline you will believe a man can fly she wanted to make a movie 
like that that was so believable that everybody could just fall in love with it at you know multiple ages and you know could hopefully stand the test of time and i think that was totally achieved yeah definitely yeah so keeping on the dceu track here i want to uh, touch on a news story that came out while we were in rome mm-hmm. and i uh, want to talk about this and get your guys's opinions on it this is from the hollywood reporter it says Zack snyder steps down from justice league to deal with a family tragedy now we don't want to make light about this at all this is absolutely not us being you know I don't want to. Th- I don't want anybody to think we're being cheeky or whatever about this entire story. We just have to. I, we want to cover it and we want to give our opinions on what this is and what this means for DCEU. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so the filmmaker's daughter died by suicide in March. So Zack Snyder's uh, daughter pa- passed away from suicide in March, prompting him to take a break from work and hire Joss Whedon to finish the Warner Brothers superhero pick. Quote, I've decided to take a step back from the movie to be with my family, be with my kids who really need me. Um, he told The Hollywood Report he's stepping away. It's in post-production and uh, stepping in to shepherd the movie throughout post and shooting of some additional scenes will be Joss Whedon, the Avengers filmmaker and creator Buffy the Vampire Slayer. With Whedon's help, the movie is still on track for its November 17th release date. Um so if you want, go to Hollywood Reporter and read this entire article. It's really in-depth and covers a lot of pretty important stuff about Zack Snyder's family and uh, details about, you know, his daughter's passing and all that. And uh, But the real, the big piece of, you know, entertainment news from this is that Joss Whedon, who is directing Batgirl, right, is now aiding in the post-production and additional scene shooting of Justice League. And for those of you that don't know, out there post-production usually means the cutting room so it's when they're in the in a darkened theater setting with surround sound and they're putting together the movie in a way that they feel is best for the audience so there'll be stitching copying and pasting moving certain things to the beginning or beginning to the end figuring out where they want to put the credits if there's going to be titles this whole thing and so I want to know opinions on this. I know we, you and I have had a lot of time to stew on this, and this is the first time you're hearing this piece of news. So yeah. wh- what have you been have – you, have, you, have you changed your mind about this? What, what, what are you think, feeling about this whole thing, John? I had already um, had a more positive outlook on Justice League since their second trailer, not the Comic-Con one, but the one that we saw today with like uh, Bruce Wayne riding on the horse and stuff like that. Um, but this is – you know, it's such a serious um, suicide. Such you know, something that's so sad. So it's re- a really huge bummer for the Snyder family. Yeah. However, on the business side, I know that you know um, Snyder and Warner Brothers both you know trust a lot in Joss Whedon, and he's he's done this before with Avengers. He's done this twice. He's the only guy in the world that's done an ensemble film like of this gravitas. You yeah. Because X Men, I don't think really count because it's always an ensemble movie. Yeah. Um, so I know that, you know, everyone knows how respectable and how, you know, competent he is with his job and he handles characters really well. Uh, I think this elevates it ever so slightly on the point that it's still going to be Zack Snyder's movie, but he's kind of been involved for the whole movie. If you check out some of the articles, he's kind of been an advisor. Yeah. Almost. Or not really an advisor, but like a co-worker that him and that Zack Snyder had looked to sure. for some assistance every now and then. So I think a lot of... It's gonna still be very tonally a Zack Snyder movie, but I think it'll ha- I think it'll have a little more light heart to it and kind of the way that Wonder Woman is. You know, Wonder Woman isn't bright, shiny all the time like it is at the beginning. Like the third act is still in the dark, kind of like all these other DC movies. Um, 
but I think Justice League will kind of be a little more like Wonder Woman in that way. Yeah. Um, my my thoughts have not very changed much since uh, we originally read the article, but all in all, I think this doesn't mean a whole lot. I think this is more of a headline than anything that Joss Whedon is, has taken over for Justice League because post-production does mean a lot, but there's still the creator's vision. And if there was anything that, you know, to you can't change the entire movie in post-production, but what you can do is make it a little bit more... You can make it cohesive. And the rumor was, and I don't know if this was ever completely true, but that there were two cuts of Suicide Squad before it was published to theaters. There was a director's cut from David Ayer with those additional scenes, but it was it was a different cut. It was very dark. And then there was the guys who made the trailer's cut. And the studio picked the people that made the trailer. And they picked their cut. And... I don't know if that's ever if that's true or if we could corroborate that, um, but I think really all this means is that we're gonna get a little bit more of a uh, Joss Whedon sort of cut. So if you've seen any of the Avengers movies, it's gonna be kind of like that. Um, but I don't know if it's gonna change anywhere drastically from Zack Snyder's original vision and the extra scenes added. I'm not assuming they're going to be anything huge because C-unit scenes are usually not the bulk. You usually film the biggest and most important set pieces first and then trinkle out small stuff after your budget you know, has sort of been blown on these big parts of the movie. But uh, You liked Avengers, right, Austin? Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a good Did movie. you like Avengers too? Um, I think for the Avengers as a whole, they're a little bit too lighthearted for me. Okay. I like something darker. I'm, that's just kind of... In my nature, I think. But, um, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with them. Okay. So what does that make you feel about Justice League being kind of... Power being a little bit shifted in terms of the direction? You know, Did you see Batman v Superman? Um, I have not actually seen that Oh, yet. really? That's, You've not yeah, seen that's BBS. something I missed with uh, wow. uh, between traveling then and... you have no negative thing going into it at all. Have yeah. you seen, you've seen Suicide Squad, though. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Suicide Squad was weird. I mean, it was interesting for sure. Um, Margot but Robbie was good enough, but everything else kind of sucked. Yeah, it was weird, for sure. And Viola Davis. But I'm too. I'm never opposed to like. I think it's always interesting seeing two people, you know, obviously masterminds in their in their fields of study, kind of getting their own take at something. And I think it'll sure. be interesting, to say the least, to see what happens from this. Um, I have a positive outlook on it. Um, Hopefully it brings us something good that we'll remember for for a few years. I hope Justice League is great. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, they're riding such a high-success train. It would be such a bummer if Justice League was, like, a 50% or 40% or something like that. It was just, like, mediocre. Yeah. I'd be really disappointed. Um, All we know is that Wonder Woman's going to be great. Like, that's the only thing I can can tell you for sure. I'm not even sure Ben Affleck's going to be good anymore because who can tell? Yeah. I'm not really worried about him anymore, though. You know, like, uh, as of right now, I think Wonder Woman is the DCEU, you know, in kind of the way that Iron Man was Marvel for a little while, you know, until after and when that phase two got going and you saw Winter Soldier, you're like, wow, I do really like Captain America on his own and stuff like that. Um, I don't know, man. I'm still, I don't want to set the bar too high because I don't want to be extremely let down. Um, But it does have, I do have a little more positive of an outlook going into it. Yeah. I'm very excited to see 
Commissioner Gordon in this universe. I'm excited for the new Aquaman. I think that's going to be interesting because that's the next solo movie we have after Justice League. I'm a little worried about Barry Allen, but... Same. Don't like Ezra Miller very much. We'll see. I mean, he could could be surprisingly charming that we don't know of, you know. Um, I'm curious to see what they do with Superman. Because, uh, I mean, you don't even know, but they kind of left it in a bad position if you're a Superman fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not very good. Um, but let's move on. So we got a little bit of a Justice League talk in there. But uh, Tom Hardy is going to star in Venom. Ruben Fleshire is going to direct. This comes from Hollywood Reporter. It says, Sony has ensnared a star and director for Spider-Man offshoot Venom. Tom Hardy, who was nominated for his Oscar for the work in The Revenant, in his final negotiations to star as Venom, while Ruben Fleischer, best known for directing Zombieland, is in, in <laughs> final negotiations to helm the movie project, centering on one of Spider-Man's signature villains. Now, this has been rumored for a long time. Uh, it's been said that they wanted to come up with some sort of a horror vibe to the movie, like a sci-fi sort of horror-y sort of vibe. Um, never in a million years would I have imagined Tom Hardy to go back to the comic book world. I think he had his run, and now he's kind of out of it. But um, him as Venom, I buy. I think I think this is... I think that, personally, that this is really exciting. And uh, I like Zombieland quite a bit. The dark humor, I thought, is you know really, really a strong aspect of that. And if that can make its way over to a broader scope sort of Venom movie, then, uh, I don't know, count me in. I think this is a. I think this is actually a pretty good idea, but it didn't take until the casting for me to think about it that way. Yeah, what do you think? So you so you stated something that they're gonna take like a horror movie approach to it. The horror sci-fi was the rumored like vibe of the movie. Yeah, and I mean you can. Uh, I think that's reasonable, but it, it makes me nervous. And I just pulled something up, and you know there definitely are talks about it being an R-rated movie, which I think yeah. is definitely interesting. Um, I'm excited. I mean, that doesn't, it makes me nervous because, you know, I think that all comic themed movies, um, I like them to stay PG 13 just because like, it's kind of my childhood. I don't like it to be too deep, but at the same time, you like, I like that action. I like that. I spilled a beer. Sorry for the. I only spilled a little bit. It didn't make a noise while Austin's trying to get his Yeah, I know. Soapbox. Austin tried, but he was texting while I was talking a little bit ago. So. He was looking up stuff. Oh, I was okay, looking up stuff. Right. I like, to stay, stuff. I like to stay current. Because, right, well, you know, I'm not the most well-versed. Hey, give me a hug. I'm not the most well-versed. Hand hug. Yeah, hand hug. I'm not the most well-versed in this stuff. You know, I stay in my own little world down there in this small town of Augusta, Georgia. <laughs> but, um, you know, it makes me nervous thinking about it being an R-rated movie just because I don't want to be. I don't want it to be too deep. I don't want it to be too dark. Um, but I mean, that's kind of inherent with the uh, character of Venom, I think, and maybe that's where they're going with this horror sci-fi feel. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I don't think this is a good idea. I still don't think it's a good idea. I like Tom Hardy; he's great. I'm sure in a perfect world he could play Venom at some point, but I don't think introducing a Venom standalone movie before the character is introduced in a Spider-Man movie properly makes a whole lot of sense to me. Now, my question to you would be: You've read You've read a lot of Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Is Venom's origin story complex enough that you could do a whole movie? Because you've obviously done... They've obviously done multiple comic books about this. No. You don't think so? I don't think so. Uh, It kind of depends on which person they get because there's been a lot of people that have had the Venom suit. 
I mean, Spider-Man had it for a little bit, like they covered in Spider-Man 3, not necessarily the best way, but that's kind of how the comic story went, is he had the suit, and he got rid of the symbiote suit, and then it went to Eddie Brock, and yeah. Eddie Brock is the most noticeable Venom. He's also, in my opinion, the best Venom, especially the way that Todd McFarlane covered him, which is actually that picture right there. Um, I don't think you can have Venom... Like, you can't do the Venom origin story, in my opinion, properly unless it's the Spider-Man one, that like, Spider-Man's involved. Uh, but, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's it sounds no like they have their, their mindset on this. So, unless so Spider-Man, it's like, you're saying Spider-Man's not going to have a cameo or anything? I think he's can't. I think Spider-Man's for sure in this I don't movie. think so. If you're doing it properly, then it should be a Spider-Man movie, and you tease a Venom spinoff at the end. Hmm. But that's not what they're doing. Interesting. I don't know. I When I think about the Venom I think like the a Venom solo movie the the vibe that I get is Spider-Man's in the first 15 minutes and then you never see him again and the rest of the movie turns into a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde sort of situation where Tom Hardy is struggling with like being a good person and also enjoying himself as Venom you know and I think that because Tom Hardy's was I, I've never seen I never I never saw it but Tom Hardy was in a movie once where he played two different people. Like, he played uh, him and his twin. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, Tom Hardy is one of those actors for me where it's like, he's in a movie, I will see it, you know? Like, if he's a lead in a movie, I would totally see it just because I like him and I like, you know, how he... I like his acting style and, like, what he does on screen. And so... I think that's the smartest way for them to go about doing this is doing sort of like a very introspective... I think this has a chance to be a really deep and different comic book movie, and I think that's why I'm excited about it is because it, it have, we've never had anything like this. We've never had a villain movie, you know? And if there was any villain movie Deadpool. to do... Yeah, but Deadpool is kind of like the anti-hero. He's not... Yeah, that's what, he's that's not what I think that's the route they're taking with Venom. You think they're going to have him no be like... Way. You're going to watch a movie where Venom goes around killing people and call that your protagonist? No, your protagonist is going to be Eddie Brock or whoever the guy is in real life who's conflicted by being Venom. Okay, so it's like Split? Yeah, it's going to be like... Or I've never seen Split, but I think it's going to be like... What have I done? Like I have to stop this. It's like duality. I don't think you like, can make two hours out of that. You don't think so? No, I don't think that's enough material unless he's your antihero. Because he no. has to have an opposing force besides himself. I'm sorry, but I don't think that. Like, I mean, I think that's an interesting subplot to it. Like that struggle. Sure. But I think if you're doing a whole movie on that, I just don't think that's a lot of content. For, like, who's he gonna fight? From an actor standpoint, I think Tom Hardy is the one to do it, though. I think that that's fine, but I just. He wishes that you wish that there were like Spider-Man: Homecoming two, or at the end of Homecoming, it would tease Venom. The end of the Homecoming trilogy is, I think, when you incorporate Venom. Okay. So, do you think it's going to be? Where do you think the Venom is going to take place? It's going to take place years after the Spider-Man series that they're currently working on right now, which I think is going to drive a lot of people away. It's going to be confusing. What? I think it's going. I think this is going to take place years down the road from when Homecoming is supposed to be. But Spider Man, but Tom Holland will still be Spider Man. Maybe have they said that he's going to really? be in it? Nah. This takes place in the same universe as Tom. As Tom right, Hardy's but what Spider-Man. I'm saying is, it takes place in the same universe, but years down the road from when Homecoming is. Well, I mean, but realistically, if this were to be, if this were to come out after Homecoming, then the next one would would be home would be Spider Man Two home- or whatever, like right. prom. Yeah. <laughs> so junior prom, yeah, junior, prom. and then Spider-Man senior prom, and then winter formal. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm more positive on it, but I'll be interested to see how this turns out. Okay, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Sorry, that's okay. 
we're allowed to disagree, John. I know. Uh, I'll still go see it for sure. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna. See, it's not like I'm not gonna see it. I just, I bet you, once the trailer comes out, I'm gonna do a 180 and be like, this Venom movie is the best idea Sony's ever had. Well, we'll see. Yeah, trailers are right a now. Good I'm playing but. devil's advocate, and I just don't see how you're gonna do it. But they'll come up with something. They always do. That's what. That's why writers have jobs. So. It is why writers have jobs. Uh, touching this really quick. Uh, did you watch a Black Panther? Blank Panther. Blank Panther. Did you watch a Black Panther teaser? Austin. I have not seen it. John, what did you think of it? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. Good. What did you like about it? What didn't I like about it? Andy Serkis as the villain looks awesome. Black Panther still looks dope. I like Lupita Nyong'o. I like um, Chadwick Boseman as the Panther still. Um, Michael B. Jordan as one of the other villains. I like the world of Wakanda looks really awesome. Martin Freeman's going to be in this movie as Everett Ross. Which yeah, but cool. how much do you think Martin Freeman's A lot. Gonna, you think so? Yeah, that's a Black Panther comic character. So I think he'll be in a lot of the movie. Um, I, I think that's funny. That's Bilbo talking to Gollum in an interrogation room. It is funny thinking yeah. about that. Yeah. I think the action's going to be really cool. The soundtrack's going to be dope. You know, if Ryan Coogler brings kind of that hip-hop vibe to it, I think it's going to be sweet. I think it's going to have a lot of... I think it's gonna be uh, Guardians-y. It's gonna have like some Kendrick in it. You I know? think so too. I got, I got. I got, like, I got, I got. Yeah, that's people, gonna be in an action some sequence people for sure. The trees. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I Black Panther stuff in Civil War was some of my favorite stuff, and I really like the way they handled his origin in another movie. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of deal with his return it, to Wakanda yeah. as the king. Yeah, it's gonna it, like he's a cameo character, and now they're making a movie out of him. You know, it's like. That's interesting, and uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan is the villain in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I like Michael B. Jordan quite a bit. I so, like him a lot too. Um, I just think the the action's gonna be really cool in this movie. And look at that—he's cool. just like, who wants some of this? Yeah, he's very—he's a very sort of like. <sighs> it looks so cool, man! And like, Forrest Whitaker looks great, and it looks like they're gonna incorporate future tech with like the old Wakandan, yeah. you know, civilization. It just looks awesome. It definitely looks different. That's the one thing I'll say is that it looks. Look at him flipping over cars, dude. Definitely Again. different from any. Why other does the Black Marvel Panther movie? continue to get into high speed traffic? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah, <laughs> that's <just> true. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like always why, dodging cars. Why is he jumping in front of these cars? We gotta- <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very pumped for that Marvel movie, very okay. much. And that comes out in like February, dude. That's Valentine's Day movie right there. So it's gonna be me and Black and Panther. And me. <laughs> it's gonna be me and you, and we're gonna sit down in that theater. Yeah, I'm ready. Heart shapes theater seats. All right, so a couple big. Let's stay on the movie. Th- oh, yeah. Well, Austin talks about his old body. You got a pinched nerve there. I do. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing to combat that? You got rollers or uh, hot baths? Drinking beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Water aerobics. All right. Well, so the next story on here is uh, from Entertainment Weekly. Let me load this one up. What's well, loading there? Batman. Deadpool TV series coming from Donald Glover. You read that right. Marvel's Deadpool is coming to TV. FXX has ordered an adult animated comedy series following the R-rated trash-talking superhero from Atlanta creator Donald Glover, along with Stephen Glover. Ten episodes have been ordered for the... (laughs) A little bit of autoplay on Entertainment Weekly. Ten episodes have been ordered for the as-yet-untitled series, which will launch in 2018. Uh, how do we feel about this? You guys all like Deadpool, right? So this is Archer wearing a Deadpool costume, right? <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Childish Gambino. Yeah. Who do you think they're going to get to voice him? Do you think they're going to get Ryan Reynolds? Reynolds? Yeah. Okay. That's the easiest gig in the world for him. He doesn't even have to put on the costume. He can just go and do the voice work in the studio for, what, a couple hours if you're doing 10 episodes? That's not bad, actually. 
That's a great cash grab right there. If I'm yeah. if I'm Deadpool, seriously. <laughs> so I think this is actually really good news. Yeah, um, I think so too. I think yeah, this enjoyable. is definitely something I think that could be. You know, it's not making an animated show is definitely not easy, but it's definitely you, you know you make a lot of animation work out to people that are talented to do that. The most the hardest thing to do is write an engaging script and good dialogue and get the voice actors to you know portray those characters right. So Rick and Morty is a perfect example. Exactly, of yeah. success in that genre. Yeah, so I think and that, Archer too. Actually, yeah. Archer is very funny. Archer is really good. That's FFX, right? FXX. It's changed hands a few times. I okay. Think. So I don't know who has it right now. It might be FX or but uh, FXX. I don't know. Is there what's the difference between it? So FX is okay. like shows movies and has normal TV uh, shows and FXX is like Adult Swim late night yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I just fell off the chair wow. late night baby he was getting excited yeah I know he's yeah. like oh I have FX <laughs> so but yeah so that's interesting news we'll see how that turns out when's FXXX <laughs> gonna be a thing <laughs> it's a porn that's already a thing it's porn <laughs> oh okay alright from Deadline.com let's not linger on that one any longer Deadline.com Uncharted Reconfigured Spider-Man Homecoming's Tom Holland to play young Nathan Drake for Sean Levy. Uh, Austin, have you played Uncharted? I have not, sadly. I've Why seen lots of gameplay. No, I'm just kidding. I've seen lots of <laughs> gameplay, and it looks like it's super entertaining. I'm yeah. about to get an Xbox One, so... You can't play Uncharted. I'm not next Are you gen. getting the Xbox One X? No, I'm getting, I'm getting a hand me. <laughs> You're getting a hand me? Oh, uh, I'm getting my brother's, because he, he has a PS4. He has a PS4. He has a PS4, and I'm going to get his Xbox One. because. Why don't you get a, a PS4? you got to play with all of us. Well, get a PS4. Get a PS4. Let me, let me stop you right there, Kanye. Yeah. I'm going to let you get, finish in a Get a PS4. Get a PS4. Because we're going to get Battlefront 2, and you're not going to be playing. You're going to be the one little dude that's sitting out like, oh, I wish I could play with these guys. But and, I... and you can't play Uncharted. Exactly. Okay. And you can't play Spider-Man. Uh, and you can't play The Last of Us. Yeah, Last of Us 2. Or God of War. Or right? God of War, yeah. Ooh, these are all... Big options for me. Maybe I should. Bloodborne too. What do you got? Halo. Yeah, fuck Halo. Terrible. Halo sucks. They've, Halo they've, sucks now. Yeah, they've run there. Okay, but anyway, Sony Pictures is bullish enough on its upcoming Spider-Man: Homecoming star Tom Holland that the studio is doubling down on the young actor by building a second major franchise around him. Holland is attached to star in Uncharted, which will be redrafted as a prequel to the treasure-hunting action storyline in the Naughty Dog video game for PlayStation. Sean Levy is directing the film that will take its inspiration from a sequence in the third iteration of the video game focused on young Drake and his first encounter with the professional rogue Sullivan. The reformation of the franchise was an inspiration of Sony Pictures chief Tom Rothman after seeing the latest cut of the Spider-Man film, sources said. The studio has tried for years with various directors to get this video game to launch a franchise with past scripts from Joe Carnahan, David Guggenheim, and Eric Warren Singer. Sony Pictures will now set a new scribe to draft the storyline that captures the protagonist as he grows into the treasure hunter Nathan Drake. Uncharted is produced by Charles Roven, Avi Grad, Alex Gartner, and Ari Arad. Uh, so, John, how do we feel about this change to Uncharted? I think this is a good idea. Because it doesn't, it doesn't trample upon what we already have with the video games. It's well, video games. Video games. Uh, it's something. It's something that can be a new story, you know, while also building on that little sequence from Uncharted Three. Um, I think as long as you cast a really good Victor Sullivan, you can have a couple movies with these guys and do kind of like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles if it actually worked. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna play devil's advocate like oh, yeah. you did with Venom. <laughs> 
spooky. Okay. What do you got for me? Uh, I don't like that. We we had this discussion in the in the in Europe when when this news broke. I was saying like, oh, how cool is it going to be when they get to this and this and this sequence? And you guys were like, they're probably not going to do that. And I was like, that's so lame. Like the reason why I like no Elena. Exactly. You're gonna have a young Chloe though. Come on, dude. Come on. I like Chloe as much as the next guy. Which is every guy. But Elena is the better girl. Yeah, but you save that for the Uncharted games. The f- those four games are about, you know, Nate and Elena. Yeah, but those f- those games are Uncharted. Like, Correct. I don't, unless Neil Druckmann is attached to this, it's like, it's like this is basically just studio-funded fan fiction. Well, know? okay, so here's the problem that I have. I'm going to devil's advocate advocate you. Oh, yeah. two devil advocates. Um, Snap. If you if you like if you like continuity, then him meeting Elena at a young age wouldn't make any sense because the first time they meet is at the beginning of Drake's Fortune. Exactly. That's why they they can't do that. No, but they can build to a Drake's Fortune movie after they do like two of these. Okay, but I I would yes, that's what I, I want. One of these. Give me one <laughs> movie where Tom Holland is young Nathan Drake. If it's successful, cool. Wait a few years. He's got Spider Man to do. He's got a lot of things to do. He's also in Avengers Infinity War, too. That's true. Then do Uncharted. Like, do the game. I don't want... If Uncharted is one of my favorite video games, if not my favorite video game franchise of all time. Second favorite. I would hate if the movies came out and they were good and they didn't touch on anything in the video games because the stories in the games are great. They are going to touch. They're going to touch on the character relationships. You don't have to go for El Dorado... In your first film outing. No, but I want to see Sam. I want to see You could do that in this. You could see Sam. You're not going to see Elena. You can't. That doesn't make any sense continuity-wise. Not in the first movie. Not in the first movie. You know who they should cast to play Sam? The guy who plays Steve in uh, Stranger Things. (laughs) Because he looks a lot. Oh, wow. He kind of looks a lot like Sam. Interesting. Yeah. How about David Harbour as uh, Sully? That's not bad. I like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, Hugh Jackman would be a good pick, too. Got a lot to jack me down for another franchise. He's got though. the cigar thing going already. Yeah. yeah, but he doesn't have to work out. <laughs> That's true. He can just <laughs> for be. The Sullivan he can one. just be. He can just kind of jack me. He can yeah. just kind of be there, you know. Hey, no. <laughs> yeah, I think he could pull it off. Yeah, for sure. But that's all I, I, this news is exciting because I want I want Uncharted to be more widely recognized because I do think Spade for Spade. I think it's my favorite video game franchise. But like, I I just I want I. Uh, I understand why they want to do a second, a separate story, but I want that to lead into Uncharted proper. Like I want to get to know Marlowe and I, Catherine Marlowe. I want to get to know. I want them to introduce Cutter and Chloe, all, Chloe, and all these characters that I really. And like. what's the do from the second one? Flynn, that guy. Yeah. You can introduce him. You can have everybody except Elena, <laughs> because that's the only person that shows up. You know later. Yeah. But I would love to see some of the sequences from one, two, and three on the big screen. Like, and I bet cool. you we could get there one day. I hope so. Yeah. I God, I hope so. And Tom Holland, please be our salvation because the Uncharted movie has been in development hell for literally like eight years. So maybe this is the one that does it. You know who'd be good as Rafe? Who? Tobey Maguire. <laughs> I was gonna say Jake Gyllenhaal, but he's oh Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal looks exactly like Rafe. It's almost yeah. like they modeled the character after him. It's possible they stole Ellie uh, from Ellen Page, right? 
I think she was an inspiration for them, but yeah, same way that Lindsay exactly Lohan right. was an inspiration for the cover for the cover of, of GTA Five. That was yeah. such a funny lawsuit. That was Why hilarious. did you think that she was gonna win that? Because she's crazy. Lindsay Lohan's nuts. John, you got opinions on Lindsay Lohan, Austin? Favorite Lindsay Lohan movie? Go. Go. None. Parent Trap. Parent. Uh, yeah, Parent Trap would probably be the answer for that one. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, wait, was she Lizzie McGuire? No, that was Hillary Duff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I'm not going to speak. What about Herbie Fully that. Loaded? I don't know if I ever saw Herbie Fully Loaded. Oh, it's got Keaton in it. Yeah? It was yeah. Keaton Herbie? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I think oh, he was okay. her dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Daddy AF, Keaton. Yep. All right, so we got a couple ways we could do this. Uh, we have to be barbecuing in about 45 minutes approximately, mm. and we still have E3 to talk about. So mm. do, is this where I we want to make should, a split? I think we should do a, a Dat Cave and then do the E3 on a, on the part two. Okay, do a so we're doing a Dat Cave us. now? Yeah, I think we could do oh, that. Oh, okay. Do you have a Dat Cave I ready? Th- what was the one that we talked about at the beginning of the show? Because that seemed really interesting. You're challenging you, my brain now. Do you remember? Oh, oh no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was it had something to do with... It, did you it have something it. to do with passengers? Did, were we talking about passengers? That's how that led into it, right? Or no. We were talking about... This is great radio. I love it. Uh, if you, Oh, which Star Wars solo movie we wanted to Yes, do? there Wasn't we go. That, that was what it was? This is the one. Okay, so Connor Kemp. <laughs> shout out to at Connor Kemp on Twitter. I don't think that's actually his username, but... Actually, whatever. it is. It is Connor Kemp? Yeah. Okay. There's only one. So he posted in our group me, our very it was wrong. It was Austin. Awesome. Oh, it was you? Yours truly. Yeah. Okay, sorry, buddy. Austin James over here sitting. Why don't, Austin. You, why don't you propose what it is? Yeah, you, you leave the dad cave. This is the dad cave. All right. Featuring so, Austin James. No, you got to say, welcome to the dad cave, Austin. You're- welcome to the dad cave, friends. <laughs> All right. So I uh, was scrolling through Facebook and. As one does. Like one does. As, as a nerd myself, I have lots of nerdy friends and. Thanks. Somebody seemed to post um, a choose one movie to be made for uh, Star Wars. Um, a Star Wars. Help me out here. What? A Star Wars story. A Star Wars story. Um, so, of course, one being a fan of Star Wars had to let all my other friends in our group me in on this to just kind of get an idea of what everybody would like. So, the options here are Fett, Yoda, Maul, Vader. You're going to have to help me with that. Revan. Revan. Revan and Kenobi. Um, I got some interesting responses. I I was kind of shocked that... Uh, I think everybody picked one except Vader was the only one that we didn't pick. Out of I made group. a joke pick. Yeah, Vader was not picked. And then, of course... <laughs> Zach's joke pick was Watto, so he's officially kicked out of the group. <laughs> Coming soon. Watto. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about I mean, car parts for 25 hours. He's just wearing like a wife beater. Yeah. yeah eating some heat. It's a story about he start, It's a story about how I realized that slavery is a reputable. It's bad. Yeah. Oh, bad. Yeah. Okay, bad. No, it's going to be a turnaround story. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it takes place after episode three. Yeah. No, it's after the Phantom Menace before Attack of the Clones. Oh, it's. It's, it's an in between. It's kind of like how Rogue One is after <sighs> Revenge of the Sith in between Mind Star Wars. You know, I just have to. I just have to say one thing about the that image is, that, that they chose the for that Yoda. He's got dreads. No, so <laughs> we got Whoopi Goldberg playing. <laughs> he's got like a Whoopi Goldberg look. It's really interesting. I can't tell if he's younger or older. Hey, did we order this meal to go. <laughs> <laughs> Chains too. Um, Fett looks 
bruised and battered. He's you know he's got his helmet on. It looks like it's been hit by a rocket propelled grenade in the in the in the face mask. And then <laughs> Maul looks like Maul, and Kenobi pretty much looks like Kenobi. No, that is totally a photo of Ewan McGregor photoshopped with like a grayer beard. <laughs> yeah, it's you don't see much of Kenobi. It's just like his nose down. Good. The the yeah, say it again. Revan. Revan is by far the most interesting who image is, on the who screen. Who is Revan? He's um, spoiler alerts if you've never played the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, game. it's a Knights of the Old Republic he's character. Who you are, and you find out you're a Sith Lord at uh, the end of the game. Okay. Yeah. But he supposedly follows the the light side. Um, Throughout the the yeah. most part of his life, what I read. Not going to sell any tickets though. Uh, and then Vader looking very cartoonish. Yeah. Well, so let's okay, elimin- so let's let, eliminate let's... the ones that are obviously not going to happen. Okay, so Star Wars is about Darth Vader, so we don't need a solo <laughs> Darth Vader <laughs> yeah. movie yeah. because he has said six movies about him, so he's fine. Um, Yoda is, would suck. Let's get rid of Revan. Let's get rid of Yoda. I think, let's get rid I think of they would Yoda. have too hard of a time doing Revan. And all right, and I'm gonna also throw another one out. Maul. Maul. Why would you watch a movie about Darth? It's Maul? a silent. It's a silent. Picture. It's a silent film. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds <laughs> stupid. Is it gonna? Maybe be? there's a reason he's silent. Just the same reason that maybe Yoda talks yeah. the way he talks. Yo, okay. We were, we were like, uh, we we're like, how are you gonna make a movie about Yoda? He talks weird. And Austin says, maybe he got hit. He <laughs> got hit in the head at a young age. You know. So I think. I'm sorry, but a Darth Maul movie sounds stupid. No, it sounds terrible. Um, I think your most viable options are Boba Fett and Obi-Wan Kenobi. I agree. I think you have the largest amount of material going into those characters. I think you could get really good people to play them, and they're actually interesting enough that you can write a story around them. Darth Maul, the only story would be about him being trained because he's dead. It, it's, it ends with him getting chopped in half. Yeah, I think it'd be really funny if it like <laughs> finishes with him going, Ugh! it's like, <laughs> A Yoda movie would no, that would just be too weird. Uh, Revan, I, so? Revan, I think you'd totally have to throw would. into an Old Republic movie. Yeah, not just a make movie it, about him. They could totally make a Knights of the Old Republic movie, but it wouldn't be called Revan. It would just be called Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Yeah, well, somebody that I, I read a couple comments on this, and they said that the Revan could unlock like a whole new world, can of worms. Uh, yeah. yeah, and like an entire new series yeah, and trilogy sure. and. Saga, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. All right. So let's say we know that you and McGregor would play Obi Wan Kenobi again. Who would you cast as Boba Fett? Oof. Antonio Banderas. Nice pull, man. He's like, hola, amigo. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say on who I'd want to cast. I, I, I don't have any specific. Whoever they cast, though, they should never take off the mask. Is he gonna talk? Yeah, he'll you gotta talk, you gotta have a good voice. But he'll voice. just talk in like little sentences, like Kevin Conroy. He could do the voice for him, and then you just get somebody to be in the costume. That's not bad. <laughs> get Dwayne Johnson to be Boba Fett. In the oh costume. my! The, the armor is like splitting apart <laughs> because he's got too big of muscles. What about Kevin Hart as Boba Fett? <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna get Han Solo. Uh. Are you Aziz Ansari? Or Aziz Ansari? Oh, I would love it. What Aziz. about Nick Offerman as Boba Fett? He's just like grilling. They're like Boba, we need you. He's like, I don't give. Shit. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so between those two, I think I think personally, uh, do do we have a drink bet about this? Not yet. You want to make one? Yes. Okay. I think there is no way that an Obi Wan movie is going to be the third anthology film. Okay. Do you think it's going to be somebody on the screen right now? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Boba. It's Fett. between those two. I think it's going to be Obi Wan because Josh Trank was trying to make a Boba Fett movie and that got canned. It got canned. 
like, like what, what story the are they gonna tell of Boba? His, I mean, him hunting him yeah, down, just like it'll people. just be a it's random. Like, it's like, gonna be like Django, like yeah. an Assassin's like Creed Fett. movie. No, like that's like, all I like can. Django Unchained. We'd be like Boba, <laughs> Boba unhooked. There you that's go. all I can see T- is like an Assassin's T- Creed movie, and it just. Uh. I mean, Michael Fassbender would be a cool Boba Fett. You want Michael Fassbender as everyone, though. In everything. In everything. Cast him in everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I. I think that it's way more like before the, before I would have guessed that the third anthology movie would maybe be like animated or something like it would have well, been an animated movie gross let's know, speak of the two before I mean self for kids you know they already sell for kids it's Star Wars yeah but sell for kid kids like young young kids I would take a five year old to see any Star Wars movie well yeah you would but not everyone likes that, but I wasn't. I, I my parents were probably conflicted about letting me see episode two because it had so much violence. I saw Phantom Menace when I was five or four, whenever that movie came out. Yeah, well, and so I turned not, out okay. Not every family is like <laughs> I'm sure the kids would totally turn out okay, but like not everyone. Here's okay. Never mind. Th- that's a different can of worms. I know, yeah. and entirely. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think in in the realm of likely possibilities, I think it's way more likely that they will touch on a character that doesn't get enough exposition than someone that was in multiple of the movies already. And here's what I'm gonna say: They're gonna be coming off of a Han Solo movie. I think Boba Fett's gonna be in that already. That's so a good call. I, so I don't think they're gonna. That do makes a sense. For him. That makes sense. But what if they cast someone really cool as Boba in that movie, and then people are like, wow, we want to see more of that, and they announce Boba Fett? Well, here's the deal. After the sequel trilogy is done, I think you can keep making anthology films. That would make me happy. You don't need to keep going forward in time or backward in time. Please don't. No, don't go backwards um, anymore. No, unless yeah. it's nice to the old Republic. So, like, I would say, like, you finish the sequel trilogy, and then you wait, like, 10, 15 years, and then you sure. do another trilogy, and Ray's, like, old and stuff like that, if she lives through it. But. Yeah. That's how I would handle Star Wars for the rest of my days if I were them. Hmm. In, the, me- in the meantime, just fill us in with, you know, Boba Fett anthology film, Watto anthology film. Um, you know, the Watto story. The, <laughs> it's Watto like twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be funny if it was filmed like a documentary, like a what about documentary what about, about like a uh, what about like a Wicked the Ewok movie? You know. Yeah. It's just like it's like the Godfather Part Two, so it's like in all subtitles, but it's Ewoks. It's not bad. That'd be pretty cool. Not bad. Yeah. All right, Austin. Anything left to say? Ah, uh, not really. Do you think it's gonna be Fett or do you think it's gonna be Kenobi? Because it's not gonna be any of the other four. So what do you think? You gotta you gotta break the tie right. Can here. I have a wishful thinking? Yes. Kenobi. Okay. Thank you. There you go. This is why he's on the show. (laughs) All right. Well, folks, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. So settle in, get a popcorn, grab a beer, and we're going to go do a barbecue. To be continued. To be continued. With Coming up after the break, we're going to talk E3. We're going to talk Battlefront 2. Will our heroes be able to get over the chasm in time to get to key E3 coverage? Find out. Find out. Same bat time. Same bat channel. And with that, we've returned. So we just returned... From uh, a little bit of a you know mini sabbatical, uh, <laughs> we exited out. It's like a seven hour break. Yeah, just a seven hour break. That's the longest break we've ever done in a podcast. I think so. I think you're right. I think it worked. Yeah. But uh, here we are, post barbecue, post campfire, a little bit of friend time, warm and snuggly. I'm gonna. We're not snuggly. We're now. We're not snuggly, but you can be snuggly on your own. Yeah. Can, right. Snuggle up and listen to some yeah. Radiovania. Like our thousands of listeners. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but we're going to finish off this news really quick and just hit on the biggest things about E3. Neither of us really watched any of the conferences all the way through. I know we did little bits and pieces to catch up, but um, we're just going to do some damage control. How's that sound, John? That sounds fantastic. Okay. You like EA, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're my favorite. Oh, yeah. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, so this what year does EA stand for again? Uh, electronic Arts. Oh, I thought there was like a joke for what it stood for. Oh, money. Oh, that's right. Um, it's just $2 signs. Yeah. So the biggest thing that they had on their stage this year was Battlefront 2. Um, I want to know what your thoughts were on it. I am very excited for Battlefront 2. Uh, we were talking about it, about how it's kind of like the best example of a learning from your mistakes. For sure. As a video game developer. Um, the class system, I think, is going to be perfect. You know, it's kind of like how Battlefield did the class system and kind of gets back to the original roots of Battlefront where, you know, you would pick your trooper or your jet trooper or the sniper yeah. or the shock trooper and stuff like that. Um, so I think that'll be a lot of fun while adding the customizable parts from, like, the first Battlefront with the star cards and having, like, that group system to earn battle points. Like, you, me, and Connor and Kyle can, like, have a group of four and, you know, rack up some points. And then, you know, if one of us can't make it, you know, we get other people in there and stuff yeah. like that. No, it's definitely interesting. Um, the fact that they're changing so much, but yet it's still the same game. I mean, it's still going to pretty much play exactly the same. I didn't it looks see, awesome. I didn't see anything in the gameplay that looked anywhere remotely different from Battlefront. Besides so the fact that you have a battle droid arm. <laughs> yeah, that, that part is interesting. Shout out to Michael, who's super excited about the battle droids. I mean, it looks like they're not handling it poorly. No. No. I yeah. I like Phantom Menace battle droids. What I don't like are anything after that, because then they started using them as comic relief in the movies, and it just didn't fly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, got got clone, you got clone. You got clone troopers. Like. The vehicles, new vehicles are cool. The new heroes. Yeah, I'm a little underwhelmed with the hero selection, but you know they have to sparse it out. You know. I I think there will be a lot more. Yeah, with DLC. You know, with DLCs and stuff like that, and I'm excited about the vast amount of options for planets instead of having four planets seriously cannot wait the the, the new uh the naboo palace looks fantastic looks like a great map yeah it looks like a lot of fun mm. um and i don't know what else they've announced they didn't i didn't know if they've released that or not but i know star killer base is one of them which mm-hmm. will be really cool too well you can go to the ea's website and read the press releases and go to youtube and watch the countless hours of gameplay video people have been putting up it's really fun to get sucked into that yeah battlefront 2 is easily their biggest one and then next up was anthem which is bioware's new ip so there's been news about you know what's the mass effect team gonna do are they doing another mass effect are they making a new ip it's called anthem it's a third person um multiplayer centric shooter set in a sort of sci-fi thing so it's basically third person destiny um, Need for Speed was shown. Who cares? Battlefield 1 gets DLC. Who cares? NBA Live 18. Anybody care about that? They still make NBA Live? 2K hasn't put them out of business yet? Nope. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that nuts? I can't imagine buying two NBA games. No. Every year. And you know someone does it. Yeah, I guess. But why? Mm. <laughs> One is significantly better than the other and everyone knows it everybody knows it (laughs) 
Uh, next up was Ubisoft and uh, the Ubisoft. Ubi. Uh, they showed off the Mario and Rabbids crossover game. Uh, that's not exciting. Not excite you at all. Not really. No. Uh, it is a arena battle game, turn-based tactics like XCOM. Gross. Yeah, not my cup of tea. Is it? Love I mean, all. it's somebody's cup of tea though. Oh, Otherwise, for sure. it wouldn't I mean, be like made. everybody loves. Everybody loves Mario and the rabbits are really big in France and in other parts of the world. Um, it's just funny to watch in this trailer, man. Like Nintendo's getting out there. Are they though? That's true. Well, we'll get there. We've seen weird. Um, let's see. Skull and Bones, they had a pirates game. There was some Far Cry 5 gameplay that looked pretty interesting. Looking forward to, you know, shooting up some Wild West or wherever that game takes place in the United States. Um, the first big one, though, Microsoft. So the Xbox One X was announced. Priced too at... Too many X's in two, that Way name. too many X's. Xbox One X, Xbox One X. What? Here's an Xbox box with a One Xbox X. <laughs> Say that five times fast, please. How much for this monstrosity, John? 499 dollars $499. $499. Dang. So $500 for an Xbox One X. Uh, beefy innards, 4K output, HDR, 4K drive. It's smaller than the S and the Xbox One, so it's the smallest Xbox they've ever made. So it's compact and portable. If I pour water on it, does it still break? <laughs> Again, shout out to Michael Richard. Yeah, yeah. sorry, buddy. Um, but we'll see. It's not... This, it did not speak to me at all. I yeah. was wondering, I was watching it waiting to be like, I wonder if they'll actually speak to me, you know? They didn't. It still is a luxury item that I just don't need right now. I don't have a 4K TV. And so but think about the, the people options. that have Microsoft computers, um, you know, or like the people that are really big into Windows and stuff like that. Like Xbox is really good for Nate because he's a computer gamer guy as well. And, yeah. you know, that's all very seamless and stuff like that. So... Mm-hmm. We're just Xbox we're just very loyal. We're just very loyal slash biased towards Sony and their product because it's better. Um, <laughs> it's not just because it's better, but we exist in that ecosystem. You right. know, it's like we're so ingrained in earning trophies and playing games with our friends. And their exclusives are just so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. In my opinion, in our professional opinions. Our professional. Very professional. This isn't anything dogging on Xbox. I had a 360 for the longest time. I never even had a PS3. Um, So I played the 360 to bits, man. Like, I burned mine out hard. But I loved playing uh, on Xbox Live. I used to get on there and play 2K and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But uh, no, the Xbox X is not going to steer me away from my current path. No. Um, but so, Microsoft is doing a lot of, you know, quality, not damage control, but quality make goods for quality assurance. Yeah, sure. Quality assurance is a good way to put it. Uh, with that, they announced that backwards compatibility is going to soon include original Xbox games. So if you have those original Xbox beefy discs sitting around, uh, you might be able to play some of them on your Xbox. So just the one. usual suspects like Halo and... Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be some of the bigger games. So Forza. Forza, yeah, maybe some Madden, maybe some Spider-Man in Ooh, there. Madden. Um, I found 
NCAA football 2002 mm. when I was cleaning my room yesterday for PlayStation 2. That's a throwback. Yeah, I mean, that's a good one. They yeah. don't even make uh, NCAA anymore, so. Nope. Yeah, I know Connor is bummed about that. That'd be huge news if they, if they brought NCAA back. But still waiting. Still waiting. Um, and then, surprisingly, not at Ubisoft's booth, but at Microsoft's booth, we got the first glimpse of Assassin's Creed Origins, set in ancient Egypt. That's my jam right there. Yeah? Did you yeah. watch any of the gameplay? I did, a little bit. Looks pretty cool. It does. Um, I'm surprised that these still intrigue me as much as they do, but it, it's the same with the Call of Duty. Like, every now and then they'll put a fresh spin on it and be like, that looks interesting. Something about history in video games yeah. is something fascinating. I like Egypt a lot, so that like the setting in and of itself is enough to actually pique my interest for the first time in yeah. an Assassin's Creed game, probably since like Black Flag. Yeah, and uh, I do think it is the most interesting location that they've taken. Uh, I still am I'm mind-boggled that they were able to make the American Revolution work. Yeah. You know, and that game sold like hotcakes, yeah. so... What's the difference between hotcakes and pancakes? Hotcakes, McDonald's, right? Isn't McDonald's hotcakes? Is hot it cakes? only at McDonald's that they're called hotcakes, or are other places called them hotcakes, too? I don't know. Uh, let's I feel like hotcakes hot are, like, thin and, like, really spongy, whereas, like, pancakes are, like, thin, like oh, like, thick and... You know? What's the difference between pancakes and hotcakes? Uh, Bill McDonald oh, you're right. answers on August 11th, 2011 and says, no difference. The words had regional origins at one time. Pancakes, hotcakes, flapjacks, griddle cakes, Johnny cakes. <laughs> there you go. I want to go to where they're called it, Johnny cakes. <laughs> in the U.S., all the same thing. Um, yeah. So it looks like Johnny Cakes, which is used in the northeastern U.S. So up there in Maine, oh, <laughs> go get some Johnny Cakes and get some lobster and some Johnny Cakes and go to Duncan. Duncan, hmm. the mayor of oh. Duncan. They usually come in, have an extra lodge, take a huge dump. Yeah, kind of a daily routine. All right, Sony. Here's uh, our big yeah. one. Here's I was our bread say, and butter. Yeah, a little off track. Here's our. Bre- <laughs> It's fine. I like getting them. Well, you want to do Nintendo first? Um, I was going in order oh, based on how the Never press mind. conference aired. But do you want to do Nintendo no, first? Okay. Yeah. Knock it out? Yeah, let's just do Sony. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Got a full story trailer. We Gameplay. did. Uh, what'd you think? I think it's great. Yeah. I couldn't be more excited than I already was. <laughs> Still pre-ordered. Uh, yeah. I need to pre-order mine. Yeah. Um, now that I know where I'm going to be. Yeah, you everyone out there, be sure to take advantage of Amazon Prime. You get it for I think seven or eight dollars off. Yeah, unless you want to give more money to Naughty Dog and uh, that's true. Pay full retail price. That way, they can make The Last of Us Part Two that much better. Okay, I think they have pretty much unlimited funding from Sony to do basically <laughs> whatever they want to do. They're only the most profitable studio. Is it? No, I mean I thought the story trailer was really neat. Yeah. Um the dynamic between. Mm. Chloe and Nadine's gonna be very interesting, you know. It's like, very. It's not an uncharted right? game unless somebody gets in an argument, you know. <laughs> but, That's true. That's a good point. But I think it's interesting. Like Chloe's very charismatic still. Like the way that she's like. Yeah. That seemed like no. You know, that was a no. 
Yeah, I'm really interested to see how they tackle this environment. The yeah, villain, um, too. Looks interesting. Yeah, it does, definitely. It's very brooding. I wonder if he has... I wonder if any of... I can't not think of Doctor Strange. Or or not Doctor Strange. Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange. Yeah, when I look at him. He's got a little bit of that vibe. Tell me, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Zach is uh, dying, yeah. guys. It's, Excuse, it's currently... Excuse the on. 1246. Yeah, it's currently 12.46 a.m., which is really, in Zach's European body clock, 5.46 Ugh. in the morning. Criminy. I'm really killing myself here. He's not doing too hot. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn got an expansion, or is getting an expansion. Uh, there was a little bit longer of a gameplay look at Days Gone from Sony Bend. Um, still not totally sold on it. I like the concept, but it's very Last of us it just seems like a like uh, it's like the mega blocks to the Last of Us is <laughs> like you know it's Duplo yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something like that um, not that it looks bad like no, the gameplay looks like a lot of fun and it looks really good but if the story is good then I'm in like okay. if the characters are good and I end up liking that world then sure I'm in it, it I played so many zombie games yeah I'm sure we'll hear more about it after release yeah yeah uh, they also announced the big news the surprise news that didn't leak which is uh, that Shadow of Colossus is getting a ground-up remake for the PS4. Uh, this is considered one of like the most influential video games yeah. of all time. Yeah. So I'm excited, excited for that because I haven't played it since PlayStation yep. 2. It's a big one. Um, we got look at World, Call of Duty World War II, PSVR games, including Skyrim was announced for PSVR. Which no is... one cares. Stop with the Skyrim. <laughs> just too much Skyrim. Make yeah, the next game. Yeah, there's a lot of Skyrim. Like, make Elder Scrolls 6. Yeah. I don't know. Why do you keep feeding people Elder Scrolls 5 over and over again? I don't even like the... They're about to re-release <laughs> that even... game on the Switch. <laughs> I don't even like the Elder Scrolls games, and I know that people really like Skyrim, but, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how can we not work how on many this next ways game? how many ways it's like when they re-release the star wars trilogy like 12 different times it's like yeah. how many ways can we re-release this and people will still pay money for it hmm. we also got a look at god of war extended gameplay more Great, story uh, narrative dad god of war. war yeah jinx can't wait cook. can't wait for when dad is this war. uh slotted early Early 2018 was early the title card. Which what will I be doing? Early also makes me nervous. That it just says early 2018. What it's gonna get pushed back six months, dude. For sure. I bet it's a summer game mm-hmm. next year. If I, I agree. make a bet. Yep. Um, and then Spider Man was the big Spider Man. That's Joel Spiderman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so we got extended gameplay. We got a little bit story. We got some Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, what did you think, Mr. Spider-Man? It's a really cool Spider-Man skin of uh, Batman Arkham. Basically. <laughs> uh, no, it looks really cool. Um, it's The combat looks like a lot of fun. You know, like all the different takedowns and stuff like that with the webs and how fluid the swinging between the buildings uh-huh. is like it just I like I know I'm gonna enjoy the shit out of that game when I play it you know I'm just gonna pop that in I'm gonna be like it's so fun to be Spider-Man you know like it's cool to be Batman driving around the Batmobile and stuff like that and kick people into the wall but yeah something about Spider-Man running around in broad daylight like that'll be really refreshing and there'll probably be some really fun side trophies and stuff to do I think that game's gonna be a blast think you might platinum it um yes <laughs> Depending on how difficult it is, I could see that being. Well, yeah, if it's like defeat the Green Goblin on crushing, 
then we'll see. Only using your defensive spider webs. <laughs> only using spider sense. Yeah. <laughs> Play the game without hurting anybody and only using spider sense. That'd be hard. Yeah. Uh, I second everything you just said. And when I watched the gameplay, I was like, man, this looks a lot like Batman, but I don't care. No. The spider suit, I'm not totally on board with. Just the look of it? Or yeah, it, uh, I don't know why you couldn't go with the classic Spider-Man suit, but... I man, thought for sure they would go... Like, maybe there would be some skins or something. I thought for sure they'd go Tom Holland. Just like, yeah. why not cash in on that, Well, too? they got the eye thing, right? In the like game? the way that the eyes move. Maybe I'd, I but don't... But I don't like the big white spider that takes up his whole chest like I want. Just... I don't understand why people feel the need to change the Spider-Man costume. Superman's been wearing the same damn costume for a hundred <laughs> years, and no one cares. The Boston Celtics have never changed their uniforms. It's, I don't get it. Yeah. You need the regular Spider-Man costume and then the black suit occasionally when mm. he decides to be bad. But that's it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my soapbox. And then you Spider-Man. need the suit no. where he <laughs> slicks his hair and dances, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Not the this. <laughs> All right, on a Nintendo. Uh, this was Nintendo's big year. They have a new console on the market. They have a new game coming this fall. They just released Zelda. It's the highest selling console since it's been released. What for did they Nintendo? do? No, for in general. Really? Yeah, the Nintendo Switch has been the b- b- biggest selling console every month since it came out. Oh, not of all time. No, 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 since oh, it came okay. out. That's what I thought you said. Sorry. I no. <laughs> slipped through the cracks there. That would be... Un- un- I was like, there's no way. Because, <laughs> like, no one can buy a Switch no. anywhere. Okay, that's cool. But... Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Um, it's nice to see them get a couple of small wins here and there. Yeah, I mean, I I like my Switch a lot, and I can see myself playing with it for a very long time to come. So Are you taking it to Carolina? No, I'm not. And you didn't take it to Europe. No. So are you worried about the portability travel aspects? No, it's just... Be, well, no, the travel aspects I totally buy. It just happens to be that these two trips are not really technology-centric. Like, Europe, it would have been difficult to bring that and to keep it charged and, mm-hmm. you know, worry about it getting broken or anything like that. And the beach is not necessarily the place to play an electronic... It is in the commercial. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're playing at the patio. They're playing oh, okay. 2K. Uh, also, I'm going with um, my girlfriend's family, who isn't necessarily video game centric. Uh, so I don't yeah. think I think I would be the only one playing it. Okay. I don't want I don't want to be that guy. You need to be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Take the switch. Uh, I'm just gonna go through the things that are meaningful. How about that? Okay. There's just one Odyssey. There's a couple. No, I'm just joking. There's around. a new Kirby game coming to Switch in 2018. Zippity doo dah. <laughs> just kidding. Kirby's not. I like Man, Kirby. It's just. <laughs> jab, jab, jab. No, I like Kirby uh, Dreamland. Yeah. This one looks a lot like that. It's looks fun. Um, looks very similar to... Epic Yarn without the yarn. <laughs> yes. Did you ever play Epic Yarn or I Yoshi's played, Woolly World? I played, I played the demos at GameStop. I walked in and I like jumped over one thing and I was like, I'm bored. <laughs> 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 that game is weirdly relaxing. Yeah, it's I mean, like really the chill. Music or uh, the music in the games are very therapeutic. Like I would used to just pop an ocarina and ride around on a pony in circles because like the music is so soothing and you're just like, and you give it a care and it's like, you know, you're gonna love Zelda for Switch. I know, it's just magical. Yeah, music. 
Um, big news, maybe arguably the biggest news on this conference. Uh, Game Freak announced they're making a Pokemon RPG for Switch. Um, Lit. When are we seeing this bad boy? Um, 2022 (laughs) is going to be my guess. I'd say 2019, fall of 2019, we'll see this. Really? Yes, because this year they're releasing Omega whatever it is, or their sequels to Sun and Moon. There's a new, they're what? Sequels for Sun and Moon. You know how there was Black and White 2? And, oh. like, yellow version? Yeah. They announced that there's sequels for Sun and Moon. Is it Sun and Moon 2? No, it's called, like, Alpha Sun and Omega Moon or something like that. Gross. Yeah, but they're coming to the 3DS, not the Switch. So my best bet is that next year they might take a year off from Pokemon, and then the next year they go ham and say, Sw- this is Pokemon Switch. This is Pokemon... Lava Red, and it's a reboot of Red in an open world 3D giant. Okay, you, now you, now you sold me. Like that sounds awesome. <laughs> like just start at the beginning. We'll see if they do that. If they do that, that's the right move. Do bring it back. Do the original 150. Maybe add you know some from Gold and Silver. And no, just the one. Just do the first game. Literally do the first game, but in a 3D world. I think that's the that's the big sell right there. Like you just sold me. I'm in. And then do gold and silver next, and then just work your way through the original Game Boy games until you get up to the 3D versions, and then you don't need to keep doing that, and then you just take over and do new gens. Yeah, we'll see. But think about this: like, do people really like the new generations of Pokemon that they there put out? There are people I feel that like, do. I feel like our generation is the Pokemon generation. Like, it came out in our generation, we built it up to what it is. We gave them all of our money on trading cards and going to see the movie in the theaters and the video games and stuff like that. And to be honest with you, I don't like any past the third generation. Yeah, but we don't play those games religiously anymore, you know? Yeah, there but people- do kids, like, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I know Poplio because we made fun of him, and Litten, because <laughs> it's Litten, and that's funny. What's the, what was the grass one? Rowlet. Okay. Yeah. I didn't play Center Moon. I know, but like, think about it. Like, we used to be all up in that, and maybe it's just because we lost it in the time. But I just can't see why people would be like they have a don't they have like a dishwasher Pokemon or something like that or like a refrigerator? Uh, it's something like that. It's definitely an appliance. Something about beating a dead horse is all I'm saying. We've talked about this. Yeah, the Pokemon debate is. Definitely one I'd like to retread it. All I'm point. saying is just regurgitate like the, the original and just like. <laughs> this is the only you know time how that's was, okay. You know how I was saying that it's Skyrim that to, to stop regurgitating it. Don't don't listen to my advice when it comes to Pokemon. Just give me the Keep same thing. Yeah. Just regurgitate over the and original. Over again. Yeah. Um, speaking about contradicting franchise, I hope this annoys people. No, but it's it's different for different things. Like I think you know. With video games, it makes sense to go back to your well, go back to what people enjoy. Yeah. And, you know, there's always going to be room for new IP. There's no there's no reason to continue a franchise going forward if what you're creating is less than par. 
You feel? It's just a, at some point, it's just too massive, you know. Like when they have a thousand something Pokemon in your national decks, like how are you going to take the time to complete that? There's only so many Moonstones you can get. You're not going to be able to evolve everything, and you don't want to have to go to somebody and be like, "Hey, would you mind trading 25 Pokemon with me so that they can evolve? Because they only evolve when I trade them away, and then trade them right back, please." Like, no. <laughs> Do Wonder Trade. What's that? It's the trading. It's like the anonymous trading system. So it's like you trade with people on the server instead of doing it with friends in person. Okay. When does gold come out for the, and silver come out for the eShop? Uh, what month is it? I think they said September. Really? Dude, I'm buying that. I'm buying. I'll buy all of them. Yeah. I have. A, I bought yellow for the 3ds. I had money left, nice. and I bought it for Europe, and then my 3ds died, <laughs> and I couldn't charge it anywhere. <laughs> Because of European vlogs. Yeah, they didn't connect with it. It works fine here. It just, it wouldn't. That's so weird. It wouldn't hold a charge. So Nintendo, your products don't work in Europe. I didn't think the 3DS was region locked, but it might be. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the American cable is, but. Do they have um, the same cables in Japan? I don't know. Well, that's the thing is like the cable that you're using to charge your 3DS in Europe might be different in Europe. Like, it might be three-pronged or four-pronged or some crazy horse shit. That's weird. Yeah. It was a huge bummer for <laughs> me. Yeah. I couldn't you play Luigi's Mansion on the flight home. You I were so to, high on I had to watch that. Arrival. You were so high on it. I know. And then nothing. And then so it sad. died. I finished Zelda, though, on the flight there, and then it died. And then I played Luigi's Mansion until I could. Mm. Which, by the way, Dark Moon is a lot of fun. Yeah? Yes. Might have to snag it. I know. Me. It's a... Uh, I'm giving my review three to four years after it came out, but <laughs> <laughs> Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon for the hot, 3DS. Hot, hot news. Get your hot news. It is here. a fun time. Cool. Yeah. Um, Metroid Prime 4 is real. No release date, but it's being made right now. Cool. It was a short teaser. Um, Breath of the Wild's first DLC is coming June 30th, and with that came a slew of new Amiibo, which look pretty cool uh there's the four guardians that you're friends with in the game daruk my man shout out to daruk what a badass there's uh, the great deku tree in breath of the wild could be a spoiler oh god i'll say maybe <coughs> okay yes uh, rocket league <laughs> is coming to switch uh and then the show ended with super mario odyssey which looks so zany, it just might work. I think it's totally going to work. Yeah. Um, it looks... What do you think about him interacting with real humans? I think it's hilarious. That's weird. I think it's hilarious. I know, it's but like, it's like fourth wall It's Mario. like Sonic Adventure. Did you ever play Sonic Adventure? Yeah, yeah. It's like Sonic... It's like... I bet you this thing's going to play crazy awesome, man. Like, yeah. it looks like Mario 64, but with the beautiful open world and HD mm -hmm. and... Everyone that got hands-on with it at E3 said it's amazing. I think Just it's really what you cool, wanted. like, the concept of throwing his hat and then transforming the thing is kind of dope, you know, like the T-Rex and stuff. I'm on board. Yeah, I sure. I need a Switch, but I'm on board. <laughs> Throw that thing and turn into a frog. Yeah. Frog Mario. Frario. Nice, dude. Thanks. Nice. I, I thought Thanks. about that for a while. Yeah. Um, I'm proud. But that's E3. Um, overall, in my opinion... I did not watch any of these conferences because I was busy doing other things. We talked about Crash, right? The Insane Trilogy? Yeah, that was last year's E3, but right. it's releasing soon, at the yeah. end of the month. I know they showed gameplay, though, right? For this During the conference? I think so. I don't think not they Not the conference, conference, but, like, on the floor. Yeah, there's definitely... The, yeah. You can definitely play it on the floor at E3. Yeah. So, um, 
But had I been watching the press conferences in real time with everybody else, I think I would say that this is a pretty weak E3 in terms of things that I'm excited about. Because we already knew all these things were coming yes, out. Yes, there was hardly any new surprises. Yeah. And as cool as last it is year to see, crazy. last year was the maybe the best D3 I've ever witnessed. The, that PlayStation conference last year was just like an unstoppable hype trade. Yeah. It was like, it's like, oh, you like God of War? Well, check this out. Yeah. Batman was awesome. Arkham VR followed by an X-Wing VR. I was like crying and then Spider-Man and mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, very cool. So D23 is basically like the second E3 and second Comic-Con though for all the Disney properties. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that in a month's time with all the things they announced with that for Kingdom Hearts 3 mm-hmm. and Black Panther and Star Wars The Last Jedi and battlefront 2 even you know they're just like they they do like more stuff it's like they don't they don't give you the full morsel at e3 anymore because disney's like save some stuff for our like you know benefactors everyone has their own show these days yeah. so playstation x you know. yeah seriously psx i'd love to go to that that'd be awesome mm-hmm. but um i think that's gonna do it for us here on this show big old news show big news show big e3 big wonder woman all those stuff. You Unfortunately, know. we're gonna have to take another break. Yep. For another three weeks. Yep. But uh, when we come back, we'll try to get a few shows in here, get an after dark in there, have we'll some fun. Figure up our long distance relationship. Yep. We're gonna work on getting a second mic. Maybe work on figuring out how to use Skype. It's all gonna work. Yes. It's gonna be. It's gonna be, a Radiovania two point. Cool. Alright, stop. Time to go to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you can follow us at Radiovania. You can follow me at Zach Ritello. You can go to Radiovania.com or you can email us at RadiovaniaShow at gmail.com or you can follow us on Instagram. Yeah. I think we have an Instagram page at Radiovania Show. Yeah, I've never said that. I don't think I've said that on the show recently. Um, yeah, that's it. Send us your questions, comments, and concerns. If there's anything that you want to talk about, we'll talk about it. And uh, you know, go see Wonder Woman. Yeah, go see Wonder Woman. Support keep that your local bo- theaters. Keep that box office going because the mummy sucks. <laughs> Don't go see the mummy. Go no. see the mummy at Gateway Trashed. No, what you need to do is wake up, big bread, um, and then watch the Brendan Fraser mummy. Okay, Brendan Fraser. And then go see Wonder Woman in theaters. Okay, two movies, one day, both enjoyable. I like the plan. Yeah. All right, well, signing off then. Here's to a good show, and here's to Hawaii and... Aloha. <laughs> is aloha, hello, and goodbye? It is. It's like when Gapu in uh, Pocahontas <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> aloha, Radiovania. Flexibility can go a long way. 
By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. A little flexibility can go a long way. By refinancing your newer used auto loan with PenFed, you can lower your monthly payments for more flexibility in your budget. You can even schedule your first payment for up to 60 days from the date of your refinance. Calculate how much you could save at PenFed.org slash autorefi or call 1-800-247-5626 to apply. Membership is open to everyone. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.